What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 19 of the I-90 Sports Podcast. We got another packed show for you, and we have a special guest on board with us, as you can see from the two-tone blue and the logos. He is representing Titans Nation. Welcome to the show, TA. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? What's up, Beantown? Uh Finally, we got we got together, uh, get this collab going, and um, it's good to meet you, JD. Let's have some fun. Good to meet you too, my man. Absolutely. So let's just kind of dive right into it, man. This is a huge game for we're going to jump right into the Titans and the Patriots matchup coming up. This is a a massive massive game with seating implications down possible seating implications down the line. Um. It's this is big for both teams. You you guys got to get back on the winning track. We got to try and do our best to to keep it, you know, to keep the momentum that we got rolling. And it's it's um it's going to be a big game, man. Now, I'm just I just want to ask you, T.A., what let's kind of let's kind of take it back a little bit here. What are your thoughts on the Titans season so far as a whole, just as as a whole outside of this game? What do you think of your boys so far this year? Well, so I mean, so far I can't complain. First place in the AFC, um, so right now everything's good. Um, before the season started, I predicted going thirteen and four, and um, we ran into a little speed bump called the injury bug. So uh, we're we're limping into battle. Second half of the season, luckily, I believe we have the first easiest um, or the easiest schedule remaining schedule, I guess you can say, um, throughout the whole NFL. It's right up there. I believe it is first though. And um, we'll see if that helps us out a little bit. Um, but we're going in to your hometown and we're <laughs> going to try to beat you again uh, under man, but no excuses. Next man up mentality. And um, hopefully we could put up a fight. Most definitely. Most definitely. I, I think that, yeah, like that's that's um that injury bug is tough, man. It's it's you you kind of as a, as an NFL team and even as a family. You just ho- like you see your team on a roll and you just hope it doesn't get, you know, you hope you go through a whole year and it doesn't it doesn't get you. It's it's tough. It's but like you said, like the the good teams, the real good, you know, playoff championship caliber teams. It's like you just said, dude, it's it's next man up and it's it's got to got to fill those voids and, and just kind of keep it rolling. It's it's definitely going to going to um going to be. I don't even as as wounded as the Titans are coming into even coming across, you know, into enemy territory and having to play in Gillette. I still don't think they're going to go without a fight. I think this is going to be a a battle of a game. I I think that that Titan D is is not going to make it easy on on Mac Jones at all. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going to have to uh, if we're going to have a chance in this in this game, we have to get pressure um undermanned for sure injuries have completely taken over uh the titans team but um we still have a lot of players you know jeffrey simmons is playing at at, at an all-time high um still only 24 years old and he's a problem getting triple teamed in some some cases and still getting sacks out of him uh that situation so uh and then we also have uh in my opinion the best safety in football in kevin byard um five interceptions so far he has a fumble return touchdown and an interception pick six um, so we've got guys who can still go out there and make plays. 
He has, but I was going to ask you about him too, but Bayard has stepped up. I mean, oh, yeah. he was, he was starting to show signs at the end of last year that he was going to be very, really, really good. But this, this season has, he has really like elevated his, his, he's, he's definitely the cornerstone of that defensive backfield. Oh yeah. Um, and he's elevated his game to a, a ridiculous, um, uh, ridiculous level. It's, it, it's not going to be easy against that. T- I think, uh, I think it's definitely not going to be easy. Uh, JD, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Titans because the Patriots are coming off of, well, it's at home for the Patriots for one. So that's nice. Uh, you'll have the crowd noise, you know, with the Patriots. Uh, you'll you'll have a rookie quarterback to have that he'll be able to hear everything. And Ryan Tannehill's, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's a veteran quarterback for sure, but he also doesn't have his guys like we've just alluded to. So it's going to be a tough game for the Texans or the, excuse me, the Titans. But it's fully winnable. It's a fully winnable game. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because you got because of that coach. You know what I mean? The coach knows the system. He understands Bill Belichick. So it is winnable. It's just going to be a tough game. So I, I, man, I don't know. What is the line on this game? Does anyone know? I think it's six and a half. I it think is, it's six and a half. It is, it is six and a half. Yeah. So they're saying touch, touch, touchdown separating the two. So close, no, close See, I game. Like, I like the line for the, for the Titans in that case. I think it's going to be a very close game. I really do. So that's my opinion. I think it's gonna be a really close game. Grind it out. Uh, I wonder what the weather's gonna be like. That's another consideration. So let me ask you, TA, like you do on your show, what are your what are your keys to victory for the Titans to go in there and, and win this game? What what do you think they got to do to beat the Pats? Well, um, play a really good game. Not, um, if I had to choose three things. Um, you got to win the turnover battle being under man. We can't turn the ball over, make mistakes and put you guys in situations where you're already close or in field goal range. That's going to be a, an issue for us. Um, we've got to be able to get pressure on Mac Jones. That has to happen. We cannot allow him to just sit there and scope out the field and pick us apart. One, you know, one little throw at a time can't allow that. And uh, I think the biggest one of them all um, probably right there with the turnover um, situation is, you got to stop the run and make you guys one dimensional. We have to make you not. I mean, we do well with that in any way, no matter who's in there. Uh, but we have to stop your run game and make you make third down and longs. And and, and I think if we do these these three things, our, our chances of actually winning this game go up. I was absolutely you like because, you know, the, the Pats are going to go in there and they're going to they're going to the first thing they're going to try and do is establish that run game and 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 that's that's what they do they they, they go in there and it, it's that's that's been their mo this whole season they establish the run they run the clock down they throw when they have to and they and they just they just run teams out of time out of time to beat them and it's it's but uh that that's that's the definite definite um that's a must is you got to stop the run um how about defensively how about what's that? What's that, JD? I was saying, I agree. If you don't stop the run, the Patriots, the Patriots, especially the last like three or four weeks, man, it's been it's just been insane. Like the Patriots, their execution is ridiculous. So you gotta you gotta disrupt that. The the last three weeks, they're averaging almost six yards a carry for That's both scary. running backs, Har- really Harris scary. and Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, almost six yards a carry for both of them. It's 
It's it's uh they've that run game's been a problem for people. This late in the season, that is definitely scary. All right, so I want to start off. Uh, I want to go back to TA here. So, what are your thoughts on Tannehill? TA is he has he kind of lived up to you guys' expectations this year, or are you, um what what do you what are your kind of feelings on on him so far? I know now. I know it's it's tough with the you know he's you know had to do he hasn't had a lot of you know he hasn't you know the injury bug has really not been you know helpful for him but just overall what do you think of Tannehill this year so far well like I I like to say it like this in in the Tennessee Titans system with our players and weapons I feel like when in our system he's a top 10 quarterback when he has everything to work with when he doesn't he tends to do what he did in Miami and that's force throws um, not throw the ball away when he should, not even run when he should, um, stand in the pocket too long, take too many hits, um, and, and that's what he's been doing. I feel like he's not, he doesn't trust some of the younger receivers that are in there, some of the guys uh, that are supposed to have his back on certain catches, and uh, they're not doing that for him. They're not even getting open. They're not even running the right routes. So, you know, it's easy to blame a quarterback because of the position, but um, I, I can't, I mean, I can't blame him that much. I mean, you take away King Henry, who was right up there again with breaking all the records, getting another 2,000-yard season, and um, he gets hurt. You lose him. Boom, he's out. You've been dealing with Julio and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown hurt all year, flip-flopping. They barely played this year. It's crazy. And um, now you've got guys like Nick Westbrook-Akeen. Uh, a lot of people don't even know who that is. You know, uh, Chester Rogers, a lot of people don't know who that is. Um, and I, I can go on and on. It's just that people uh, – it's. Oh, and we lost Marcus Johnson for the rest of the year, who who just had a hundred yard game, and then uh, two games ago, and uh, it's just like I said, it, the the injury it, it's ridiculous. But um, I can't blame Tannehill completely. Obviously, you, you gotta. I mean, the some of those throws last week, my God, I, I know two of the interceptions were were uh, Des Fitzpatrick's fault. Did not run the right route. But the other two were atrocious, just bad forced throws, and you can't do that. I was gonna say two. I was you. You did kind of yeah. You took it from the two of them weren't really his fault because yeah, you could definitely yeah. tell Fitzpatrick he was like because you saw him on the sidelines trying to direct. You know they were going. You could tell they were going over that play, and it was like you ran the wrong. You know you could definitely tell he ran the wrong. He ran the wrong route, and yeah. then the, but the other two, yeah, it was it's it's tough to like like especially like you touched on the trust thing it's it's tough when you when you're playing down like that and you know you got to make a play to try and stay in the game and it's like it is it's forced you know cuz he's trying to make that play to keep or you know to keep them in the game and not let it get out of hand and it's it's just all that that pressure it's it's not easy it's definitely not easy well to me there's a reason why Tannehill wasn't you know he's there's a reason why he took less money than some guys. You know what I mean? He's not like the uber super talented guy that's going to carry over the top, but he has a lot of talent. And when you take away the guys who you paid the money that he didn't get to when they're injured, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, you only have what's on your roster. So that, that is crazy. And I didn't even know that, that a guy ran for a, a couple hundred or a, another hundred yards and then he got injured too, man. The Titans are just, it's them and the Ravens are having the worst year when it comes to injuries, man. It's wild. But yeah, both of those both of those teams have been have been hit hard. I did just see that that Johnson kid. He what, what did he run for a hundred yards two games ago, and then you lost him too, right? 
everybody's gone, man. It's crazy. <laughs> everybody's everybody's gone, man. It, it's I've I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like that. I've seen my team get injured before. I've seen many teams get injured before, but but the fact that we're missing, shoot. <laughs> what close to 30 people i um, think it was like 20 when i looked at the injury report they're like didn't between like questionable and dnps for for the titans it was like 24 it it, it <laughs> it's somewhere up there man it's so bad um but to i mean to sit here at uh you know where we're at in first place it's it's, it's I mean, it's still pretty good, and we're two and a half games ahead of the Colts. We swept them earlier when we had some of our guys healthy, so that half game could come back and help us. But that just that just goes to show you too, like the the like you said, it's a testament to the coaching and the and the players and and just everything around it. Even though the 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 you know starters have been out, it's that next man up mentality, and it's just been the coaching staff doing the best they can to just piece it together and keep it you know, keep that ship going in the right direction until you get those, those guys back, those guys back. And, you know, a lot of these guys are like JD was saying that, that just that's then you, like you would mention it too. It's just the way that system is set up the way that, that they've designed it to run. And you just, you just keep losing a piece here, a piece there. And it's, it's, it's been tough, but you guys have done it. You it's you're eight and three and you're sitting on top. So um, it, it's, it's just that's a testament to the coaching staff this year. Can I just say too, Tyrod Taylor was really good last week. <laughs> he just was he was very uh he's just good. He's a good player. That's all I can say. I mean, I'm watching I'm just kind of watching these highlights too. And I remember kind of watching a little bit on red zone, but man, he he made some throws that are just like, really? You like I know he's good. But I mean, he, yeah, he he's he's been an okay player in the NFL. He hasn't been yeah. that bad. And no. if, but if you, if you look at what he what he did, we he really didn't do that much. Uh, no, he got a couple he like he didn't throw for, for a lot of yards or anything like that. But and a lot of our turnovers really put you know gave them most of their points. So um, now, and we we the end zone was pretty. No, yeah, that was yeah, that was good. He made no. yeah he he's he's always made plays in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he's, he's had injury issues himself too. So, sure. So I want to run down a couple of matchups with you TA and see what you see, what your thoughts are on them. So the first one being Tannehill versus the Patriots secondary. Cause I know the Pat's secondary has been playing. They've, they started off shaky and just, it, it, so a lot of the Pat's secondary is young kids and the Patriots run one of the most confusing defenses and offenses in the league. So it, I knew it was, I knew it was going to take a while and I think they're finally starting to, to gel and come together. So I want to get your th thoughts on that. The Tannehill versus the versus that, that um, Pat's defensive secondary and just his ability to like diagnose, you know, coverage it, like, cause it's, it's, I think that's going to be definitely one of the key matchups this this weekend. Well, um, yeah, you you guys, I mean, not even just the secondary, but you guys have been playing well everywhere. Like as the season gone has gone on, you guys have improved all over the place. It's crazy. But um, Tannehill against the secondary is going to be crazy because it's like our offensive line has been improving. And uh, again, we're missing another player in our starting right guard and Nate, uh, Nate Davis. <laughs> so we are really banged up, but um. 
I think I think if Tannehill doesn't force throws, like he just if it's not there, we have arguably the best punter in football in Brett Kern. Let him punt the ball. He'll pin you deep, make the Patriots go the whole field. But stop turning the ball over. If he forces throws, you're young. Th- th- those young, those young bloods over there, man, they're gonna they're gonna feast. They're gonna feast. And and you don't want to give Mac Jones and that that offense who's been so high powered as of recently and stuff. Can't give him the ball in our territory to start. You can't do that. So I I we could take some chances on double moves. I know that your guys always are, you know, trying to jump routes and stuff, but, but the thing is there is there's not much chemistry going on with the guys who are going to be playing at receiver. There's just not. No, I, I, yeah, I 100, I 100% agree there. There, There's it's, it's tough. It's tough. Like that's going to be, that's going to be tough. It's it's he's like you said, he can't, he um he can't uh he can't force it like don't don't if it's not there just you know you're gonna have to just throw it away and like you said if the Patriots are gonna get the ball back make them go 85 you know 85 you know 80 75 make them go yeah the, the you know make them have to go a distance to get points don't don't you know try not to put them in a scenario where they're at the Titans 30 and that's where they're starting their drive from. I, yeah, I 100% agree. Absolutely. JD, any thoughts? Well, when you when you consider Tannehill versus uh, the secondary, it's like, did he play good against them a few years ago? Sure. That was a little, that was a little bit of a different squad. Um, but yeah, I agree. You gotta, you gotta win the turnover battle. You gotta be very conservative with the ball. Um, you got to rely on guys who you wouldn't normally rely on and you just got to wish for the best because that's the thing. Like the Patriots are going to make you play left-handed. So, but here's, here's the good thing though. I don't, I don't know if the Patriots really know what the Titans strengths are. So that's, that's, that's something going forward, like to look at, you know what I mean? Because if these are second, third stringers coming in here, you don't necessarily know uh, what your strengths are. And if the Titans can figure out something, to kind of work out what would you what do you think uh let me ask you that titan um ta what do you think they're going like what do you think the game plan is going to look like do you, who do you think they're going to feature in in our offense yeah the titans offense it, it, it's it's just it's just going to be be by committee we're still going to continue to run the football and do play action we got foreman and, and hilliard who recently just got signed like officially so and 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 to be honest, they looked like they were running a lot harder than AP was. Uh, Adrian Peterson just did not look like he was in football shape at all. And I saw him playing live in uh, at the Sunday Night Football game against the Rams. He had no explosion. It was crazy. But um, yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna continue to run the football and, and play through play action. Guys are gonna have to win their matchups. And um, we just gotta. Uh, luckily, Ryan Tannehill is a smart quarterback. He does yeah. uh, read defenses really well. So hopefully, at the line, if he spots something, um, he you know just change to a you know even a screen. I feel like maybe we can slip in some screens here and there, and uh, you, you know use their their pressure on certain. You know, if he notices the pressure's coming from the left, you know make the screen go to the left. You know, and 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 use their pressure as an advantage. Um, lots of different things like that. But I am I I do trust Tannehill. I think Tannehill can do enough to win, but uh, just don't, just don't force anything, man. Just play smart. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, yeah, I was going to say like, if they play smart, they have a good chance because the Patriots aren't that explosive. They're, I think the key for them, but that's not really have to do with that. But I think the key, what we talked about is to stop the Patriots run game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say um, as far as Tannehill in the secondary goes, just don't, 
don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we actually did that uh, with the Des Fitzpatrick. We threw an inter- uh, he threw an interception to Des Fitzpatrick uh, in the end zone when he didn't have, I believe it was first down and he didn't even need to throw it up like that. It, it's like, I think he forgot for a second that Julio and AJ wasn't playing at that moment. I don't know, but he, sh- that was a, that, that was a, a throw he didn't need to make and it cost us seven. And let's like, let's be honest, dude. Like for like, like Tanny just hit, like he just had a bad game. Like he hit, it was in crappy weather. Just that they got down. They, they just, they, they, they over, like they, they abandoned the run. They abandoned, they just abandoned it and asked him to do something that he's just not Tannehill's not meant to throw a football 50 times a game, 40, 50 yeah. times a game. He's meant to kind of do what Mac Jones does, hit the throws when he's neat, when they need to hit him and just, just, um, you know, be accurate and responsible with a football. And usually for most of the time, that's, that's what he is. And then you mix in Derrick Henry, you know, when you had Derrick Henry, you mix in King Henry and you just let him work. And the yeah. tandem between Tannehill being responsible with the football and the Henry run game usually wins you guys games. But the, like you said, it's just going to have to be running back by, by committee. Um, it's I think I think that's I think the one of the weak spots in the Patriots this year has been uh has been the the middle of the field like that that eight that six to like 12 yard gap has been a has been a little bit of an issue lately the linebackers have the co- our cover linebackers have been doing Uche and and uh, Josh Uche and Kyle Van Noy have been playing better but it's still kind of a problem. So if I if I was the Titans and I was Tannehill, I would attack that area of the field. That's where I would go. I would try and attack that that uh, mid you know that that twelve to eighteen or twelve to six to twelve yard area of the field. That's that's where I would try and try and go. Yeah, the, I mean. To be honest, we don't even throw the ball deep anymore, <laughs> like barely at all. Like you don't see Tannehill taking deep, like deep fifty-yard bombs ever, really ever. Uh, so I, I, I mean, maybe it'll work out to our advantage this time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think um, you know, us not being able to with that, you know, to use the long ball has really affected um how teams are playing us. Like teams aren't scared because they know that we're not doing that anymore. So they're like, okay, well, you know, we don't really need anybody that high. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Nah, it it has been affecting us and we're not we're not keeping people honest because it's like like I said before, if if we're not gonna take shots deep or even, you know, especially with the way they throw pass interferences nowadays, my God, you know, it's it's it it it's been hurting us. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um so let's kind of that kind of leads leads me into my next my next uh, matchup here it's going to be and we talked about it you mentioned it briefly the titans run game versus the patriots front seven can they so ta can the can the titans can or will the titans stay with the run game and and can it be effective against the pats front seven I'll tell you what, whether whether it's working or not, we will run the ball. We will run the ball. We will do play action. Uh, that, that's just that's just how it works. And and that is why Tannehill is this quarterback because he's fast. He does play action w- really good. He throws off of uh, off the run really well, and he can throw the ball 65, 70 yards through the air. It's literally he's built perfectly for what we do. The only problem is 
you know, no, no Derrick Henry. So, <laughs> yeah, the you only know, problem is we're missing our MVP caliber running back. It's kind of a problem, but uh, we we are going to run the football. Um, I don't like when Tannehill throws the ball thirty times. I like to like to keep it around twenty five. Um, and I, I would really like to get as close to 30 carries as possible, keep you guys off the field, keep our defense fresh, and keep the score close. These are huge, huge things that need to happen. Um, but, yeah, we're going to run the ball for sure. What do you I think, I don't think JD? we can run the ball. I'm just going to say, I, I, don't, I don't think that – I'm watching this game. I mean, it, it seems like the only success they even had was throwing, and that's probably the reason why they threw four interceptions. But – I, I mean, I, I hope you're. I mean, I hope you're right because I want the Patriots to at least experience a little bit of pain this season. I mean, they're going to run over people, but I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, without without Derrick Henry, how good do you think the tight? Like, is it a top ten line? You think a top ten what? Uh, a top ten offensive line. Ours right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I, I think when we're healthy, we, we we have we have ups and downs. It's it's. There's been games we like. First game against the Cardinals, we gave up five sacks to Chandler Jones. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's had one since, but yeah. but it's 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 so up and down. When we're clicking, uh, we're, we're definitely top ten. But there there's times like even last week, Lawan was out of his mind, like in a bad way, missing blocks, yeah. just diving at people, missing, not blocking correctly. It's um, I don't know what it is. When we're blocking well, we're 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 one of the better teams. But when when we're just not feeling it, man, and it's 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 either really good or really bad. It's never like oh, they played okay. So, yeah, I like what High Life said in the chat just now. He says if the Titans were healthy, this would be a different story. I think that if the Titans were healthy, they'd probably run over by just about anybody. I, I, I truly believe, like, no bias at all. I, I feel like if we're healthy, if we go into the playoffs with Bud Dupree, Derrick Henry, both of our receivers, uh, David Long Jr., like all our quarterback, I don't think we're going to lose. I really feel like we'll go to the Super Bowl. I truly, truly believe that. But I, like I told people, if Derrick Henry's not back, I don't care if we have everyone else back. If Derrick Henry's not back, the Titans won't make the Super Bowl. There's no way, no way. That's fair. That's unbiased right there. That's, I mean, he, a lot of fans he, like, oh, we'll figure it away. <laughs> Henry, Henry adds a different, dude, Henry adds a different, He's a special. different, yeah, that that's the best. He's just he's a special player. You, it's he, it's a once in a, it's a generational running back. He's, I, I never in my life have I seen a dude who weighs two forty plus and can move and run the way that that guy runs. It's, it's ridiculous. He shouldn't be. He should not be that fast. He shouldn't be able to do the things he does. Yeah, that, like his his top speed is re- once he gets going, it's. It's it's impressive, and then if you try to tackle him, he just stiff arms you. So <laughs> it's kind of strange, dude. He's yeah, he stiff arms people into different dimensions. Oh yeah, oh man, super strong, super fast. Um, he honestly, you talk about Adrian Peterson. He just got cut. That Adrian, um, what do you call him? Derek Henry reminds me of Adrian Peterson in like 2007. That's that's the only comparison I have. Just just bulldozing over people. Maybe even Marshawn Lynch. I'm not sure. He's he definitely is. He's in that situation. He's in that category. He is a is an all timer. <clears throat> all right, and now another. Uh, so the next matchup that I had that I think is going to be key to this one, uh, TA is um, Patriots wide receivers versus the Titans secondary. And I do think the Titans secondary is very good. That's going to be that's going to be tough because if. It, 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 Matt can have all the time in the world, but if there's nobody to throw to, it's going to be an issue. 
Man, uh, you know, I, I, I just feel like our defense, especially since Christian Fulton came back, Janoris Jenkins has been up and down, but, I mean, overall he's playing okay. Um, it, I don't – I'm not – to be honest, I'm not really worried about the Patriots' offense hurting us too much. I don't, I don't think that they can go out there and, and put up a lot of points on us or anything like that. I just, I just think that because of our lack of offense, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Um, and, and that's why, like I said before, I have Patriots winning by 10. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen like that. But w- with, with your guys' offense and, and how you guys like to do the quick throws and stuff like that, you guys play really smart, you know, using the backs out of the backfield, out, out in the flats, all types of stuff like that. Um, you got to be really careful with that. Um, as long as we like Kevin Byard says, you're not going to have an 80 yard touchdown on us. You're, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to do long, long drives. You're going to have to beat us throwing the ball in front of us. Uh, and then when you get down in the red zone, force you to kick field goals. Um, but we're going to have to stop the backs first. I think that's the biggest, biggest threat is just stop the backs from just all t- anything. If you if you shut down the backs, the running, the screens, the 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 easy throws within the first five yards, and and we have a bad problem of playing off too far. We love to play off far; it's ridiculous. So if we keep up, play some press, and don't allow the quick throws, um, that's going to be our best bet. Because right now, like it, it's the the versatility of of your Patriot offense right now is crazy. It, you guys are doing a little bit of everything, and and. That's going to be a problem. We're going to, we can't play too far off. Otherwise, you guys are going to just slowly pick us apart. What do you think, JD? To me, that's the only way that the, that the Titans will win this game. They have to absolutely dominate the Patriots receivers because the Patriots receivers are absolutely, that's one of their worst. That's probably their weakness. If, if they had a weakness, which I don't think they're, you know, I don't think the Patriots have like a, a one clear, you know, gaping weakness. But I think that that one that the the wide receivers have average to um, below average and uh, at best above average talent, uh, no stars, no over the top guys, nobody that really demands that much pressure. So if you can stop the run and then kind of disrupt the pass game, you'll keep the score low, and that that is the best chance the Titans have, in my opinion. Like if they if their running game gets off, based on what we've seen the last few weeks, it's over. It's it's, it's completely over. If they're averaging like even 4.5 to five yards of carry. It's that's a wrap. <laughs> the Patriots are, that's one of those things. It's like a, they're like a snowball team. They just keep on, you know, they're just uh, running right over. It, it's very like, this is very similar to, to um, it, it's the same scenario with, with Mac Jones as it is, as it is Tom Brady. You, you have got to, cause he's a timing. He's a, he's a, He's a, he his accurate. It's a timing thing, right? It's a so that offense is a timing offense. The the Titans have got to knock him off his spot. They got to knock him off his spot so he's out of rhythm with those receivers. Um, the 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 team to do it best to the Patriots this year was the Chargers. They they made Mac Jones really uncomfortable in that whole first half until the Patriots figured it out. And they they readjusted and they they started going with a lot more hurry up style offense and and you know they made their adjustments at the half but the Chargers did it and they knocked Jones off if the Titans can if the Titans front seven can knock Mac off his spot 
and make him uncomfortable back there, it's going to be it's going to be a close. I'm still putting it a touchdown game. It's going to be a close game, but it's it's that's what they got to do. They have they got to the Titans have got to those DBs have got to hold for long enough for that front seven to see if they can get to Mac Jones. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. You can't, you can't, you can't let Mac Jones sit there either. Like, if you're not getting any pressure on him, he's gonna pick you apart. It's just what, what that's what he likes to do. He wants to sit there and just read all of his options and just kill you. So we got to get pressure, man. We got to. Um, and if we don't, it's gonna be a long day. All right, TA. So, give me. Give me three. Uh, so let's let's go three things. Three, three on each. So, on offense, three, three guys who are gonna, three guys who are who are gonna be the guys that they're, you know, they're the X factors. Three guys on, three guys on offense that you think are gonna, gonna be the reason why why the Titans are gonna be successful against the Pats, and then we'll move on to the D. Well, on, on offense, it's um, I I know a lot of people. I'm and this is probably an underrated pick. It's got to be Taylor Lewan holding that blind side for. For Ryan Tannehill, after a poor game last game, he needs to get in there and and hold the spot. Um, Tannehill, like I said earlier, he has a problem with not throwing the ball away. He likes to sit in there and and, and credit to him. Sometimes, if you think about it, like he doesn't want to throw it away. He wants to stand there as long as he can, trust his guys, and give him you know an extra second or two to throw. But um, he uh, Taylor Lewan needs to step up and play well. Um, and then second would be Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has to stop forcing throws. Understand that the defense is still good, and we have a great punter. Let's make you guys earn um, touchdowns, earn the points, instead of just handing you it. You know what I'm saying? Like, already in our territory, we cannot allow that at all. Um, and then I'm just going to put all the receiver, whatever receivers left we have in one one box. <laughs> they, need to, they need to go out there and catch the ball, run the right routes, and just create some separation. Tannehill will find you. Um, so, I mean, I, I, there, I, I just think that it's going to be a by committee. Like I, I, it's gotta be all the receivers working as one to try to help because man, missing AJ Brown and Julio Jones in a game like this with, with this much on the line, they're going to need a to step AJ up. Brown's AJ Brown's the big one to me. When I saw that he was going to not play, I was like, oh man, that's, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough because Julio was one thing, you know, he was the guy that backed people up and kept, you know, kept, you know, you could, you know, that's, that's the guy that you had to respect on the long, but, but AJ Brown was the guy that you knew you had to like, that was the guy he, he was the go-to guy for those third down throws. He, he was Tannehill's go-to guy. So without him, it's that's, that's tough, man. That's yeah, that's tough. What do you think JD? I think it's like it's it, it, it goes back to like who like with everyone being injured, it's like who can you rely on? I think last week they have a lot of things to like they have a lot of things to tell those guys They're like hey okay you, this time you know here's what we're gonna do against the Patriots because the Patriots are doing X Y and Z and I think that that this game the Titans will look a lot differently. I think they're they're well coached so I think oh, yeah. it it won't be the same Titans uh, as last week. Um, and, uh, I just think that, I think it will be a tough game. I do. I think they're going to come in and stop the Patriots momentum a little bit because this team is eight and two, and it's not like this team has given up. 
You know what I mean? They they are definitely like they sniff the playoffs. Eight and, oh, three. Eight and three. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, eight and three. My bad. They just lost. <laughs> About to be eight. Yeah, and you four. know what I'm saying. They're they're <laughs> they sniff that success and they want it still. So that's that's my opinion. I think that that they're down, but they're not out. That's that's the way I see it. I, I said it at the start of this stream. It, it, I said it at the start of this thing. And even when we were talking off camera, they're not going to go easy. The, if you think the Titans are just going to walk into Gillette and lay down, that ain't going to happen. That defense is that, that, that the D is still there. It, it's and that attitude. Vrabel's not one to just back down from old Billy boy. He look him right no, in the no, eye and yeah. he, and he's see, here's the thing too, right? Before, before we get into the, to the, um, before we get into the defensive side of things, um, Vrabel, a lot of guys that a lot of teams that come into Gillette, it's the 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 Patriot mystique, and a lot of teams, you know, in the fourth quarter, piss down their leg, and they just can't they just can't handle it. Vrabel's not one of those those coaches. He, he's going to look across and see Bill Belichick, and it's just going to be another coach to him. You know, he's he knows him. He knows him. He knows, and and Vrabel's just. I've always, I've always liked. Even when he played for the Patriots, he's the guy. The attitude. It's just he ain't afraid of nobody, and he's gonna have that team, the whole team, offense and defense, playing. Not like they're not gonna be afraid and and pull the whole Patriot mystique thing. Like Vrabel's gonna have them on their game. It doesn't matter who's who's playing. He's gonna have them on their game. I think the yeah, so, coming off of such a game like that, like they're definitely not like their their mentality is going to be a, a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like you just lost to a team that that's probably like a bottom five team. You're going to be looking like, all right, we need to reestablish ourselves. So I think the mentality, yeah, Vrabel's going to come have those guys prepared mentally. Yeah, no, it's absolutely going to be. Um, it, yeah, they're going to come in and look. They're look for a bounce back game. They're going to look for a bounce. To, to bounce back and get back on the right track. Um, for me, the offensive side, it's going to be, I, I, so Mac has got to play well. He can't, the, 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 he can't force the ball. If it ain't there, be responsible with, throw it out, take the set, you know, live to live to fight another, another series. So my guys on for the Pats offense would be Mac Jones. We have got to get uh, Hunter Henry involved. That Hunter Henry, Mac Jones connection is growing every week. They get better and better and better. So we have got to uh, make sure that, that Hunter sees his his targets. And then I'm going to lump Harris and Ramondre Stevenson in together. They they have got to continue that role with running the football. Those are going to be my guys on the offensive side that have to that have to step up. Um, T.A. So for the defensive side of the football, give me three guys who you're looking to have a good game on that side. Well, I got to go with the guy that, you know, is the the middle of the bunch in, in the front, man. Big Jeffrey Simmons, Big Jeff. Um, you know, he's playing at an all-pro level this year, um, and, and I think that he's, he's the anchor. He's going to be able to create that force, that push that we're going to have to dominate down low, uh, commanding double teams all over the place. Harold Landry is having a career year. Danico Autry from the Colts is still there also. So it's not like we're – I mean, obviously we're missing guys, but we still have a lot of players who can play – so Big Jeff is one. Uh, obviously, number two, you got Kevin Byard out there, kind of patrolling the skies, making sure you know, making sure no footballs go over his head, or or if if any of our guys on the outsides need a little bit of help, he's there. Uh, Kevin Byard will be there, and um, I think third, it's got to be um, 
Jeffrey Simmons, little partner in crime, Danico Autry. Those two have to contain that front middle, create push and force everybody to play better around them. You get that push down in the middle, it's going to help create one-on-ones on the outside and, and just dominate and, and close up the holes on the running plays. Um, it's going to start up front, and, and it starts with Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons. Seriously? Seriously? What is that, a cow? <laughs> it's a 21-and-a-half-pound cat. Hey. So yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes, a cow, yes. So yes. <laughs> um, so let, let's uh, – so let's do this. T.A., if you were coaching the Titans, how would you attack the Patriots? While we get ready to wind it down here. So if you were coaching the Titans, how would you how would you attack on offense and on defense? We'll start with the 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 O side of the, the offensive side of things. The offensive side of things, I would just be more creative. I would I wouldn't just start it off like we always do run play right up the middle. No, don't do that. I would start off with a quick screen or something like that. You know, a delayed screen um, to, to do a play action and take a deep shot to somebody who you know who's one on one. Give somebody a chance as long as it's 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 a throw where it, it's not like you're just forcing it up. Um, I want to see chances taken, but smart chances, not no double team throws, nothing like that. And uh, we got to keep you guys got to keep you guys guessing i i think that's what needs to happen obviously continue to run the football and play through play action that's that's not going to change no matter who we're playing but uh, we need to incorporate more um more trickery more um magical plays and we gotta we i mean you guys are going to stack the box i know it's coming you're going to bring blitzes you got to take advantages no one nobody on the patriots is worried about a one-on-one deep shot so maybe maybe there's an opportunity there we'll see yeah, no, absolutely. They're gonna, they're gonna. You know exactly what they're gonna do. They're gonna, the the, the on the defensive side, they're gonna try and make you guys one dimensional. Guess what? You don't get to run the ball, Tennessee. You're gonna have to beat us through the. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna, or at least they're gonna try to. You talked about over the top matchups. Um, Brown is a killer. Like losing him. Who who is your matchup guy then? If you're gonna go over, like if you want to throw over the top, who's your matchup guy? Well, we have Chester Rogers, who's really fast, really quick, but he's he's not really an outside guy. He's in the slot, but he's not scared to run from the slot and do go routes. So that's somebody. Uh, we got Nick Westbrook Akini, who's around six foot four, big big guy, big catch radius. Um, and then a lot of people like Des Fitzpatrick uh, in college. That's what he's known for is the big play. He loved going deep. That's one of his specialties coming out of college. And uh, he actually did get a touchdown last week, which was pretty cool. Uh, lots of mistakes, obviously, but he didn't have much playing time. I think now I guarantee you they're working with him all week on all types of stuff, including the playbook. So Des Fitzpatrick is somebody who also likes to go deep that has a very uh, great ability in doing so. So um, we have options. Obviously, it's nothing that I'm going to sit here and feel too confident about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, we can do it, I believe. Jerry, thoughts? Yeah, just, I mean, that's, uh, my thoughts are simply that, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Somebody's going to have to step up for the Titans. That's all I can say, especially with Brown being hurt. I'm um, just kind of, I keep watching just like, just their plays from last week. And, you know, Brown was just such an instrumental part of that. And it's just to lose him as well. It's like, damn, man, that is going to be really tough. But 
uh, you do got a lot of guys, uh, you know, a lot of talent. So it'll be a very, very interesting game. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I can't wait for it, to be honest. I'll be watching that. That kid Rogers does worry me, to be honest, T.A. He, he can fly, dude. He oh, can fly. He's, he's, he's got very speed. quick. He's got good change of pace. Um, um, like Dante Hall style. Obviously, nobody's Dante Hall, but that's he. He's very good at cutting back and forth. Uh, I gave a poor example, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's very good. And inside the slot where you've got a lot of room to work, that's why he likes it there. But he does have enough speed to get over the top uh, from the slot area. And um, I, like I said, man, maybe maybe take a chance if you see one on one there. Tell him to go get it because um, you guys are gonna be loaded in the box damn near every play you know what's coming right yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say actually so my thinking is they're gonna bring kyle duggar the safety down down to help with the run and leave they're almost gonna play cover one the whole game they're all they're gonna play cover you know cover one the whole game and just just kind of man it up with duggar with duggar helping out you know down inside the box to help out with the run which is it's it's going to be, I got a feeling it's going to be one of those tractor pull kind of games where it's just going to be knock down, drag them, you know, just drag them out track. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. I, I really, I really don't. I don't think it's going to be a pretty, pretty game. I think it's going to be, you know, just a tractor pull. That's, that would be my, <laughs> my description of it. So. Once again, though, T- I, I put T.A.'s link in the chat, guys. He does a lot of what we do here. Um, T.A., so you are a Tennessee Titans fan, a uh, Golden State Warrior fan, right? What Do you cover anything else? Or? Uh, it's over there. Uh, no, nah, football and basketball is my main. My, my, actually, football, basketball, and MMA. I'm a big MMA mark, UFC specifically, to be honest. I Man, I... You give me some Colby Covington. You give me, you know, uh, John Jones. Um, John Jones is somebody I really hope comes back, man. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of fighters, man. And uh, actually, my favorite fighter is Val- Valentina Shevchenko over anyone. I'm a big fan. Really, <laughs> I love I love the bullet, man. She, she's unbelievable. So yeah, f- um, football, basketball, and MMA. I don't really cover MMA. Um, I'm starting to incorporate basketball a little bit, but uh, my wife right now is actually pregnant. Uh, so I'm kind of hey, kind of congratulations. Hard. Thank you, thank you. Another boy, man. So little, t- we're, little ta, wow. little ta, future, t- future yeah. Titan fan on the way. Oh man, you what's your favorite know. team? Your uh, uh, basketball team. Curious. Uh, Warriors. Warriors. Right yeah. I'm a I'm a California kid, man. <laughs> right on. Well, I was, we were just talking about the chat. Uh, Steph Curry's. We we took, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit, man. He's unbelievable. So. Oh yeah, sure. I got I I I actually have the Curry threes, five, six, sevens, and Ooh. eights. I'm a basketball player. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of, I got I, Damien's. <laughs> yeah, my little brother likes him. A little off topic, but yeah, I can. I love basketball, man. Football is my basketball, football is 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 my main, uh, but basketball is is it's one A one B. Right. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Hell yeah, man. So so let's wind it down here, guys. The let's do some final thoughts, JD. We'll start yes, out with you, Mike. What, what do you? What, so, final thoughts on the um, Patriots and the Titans? Oh, man, you know I've touched on it a lot. I would just say that like this is going to be a like I said, it's going to be a grind out game, man. I really do believe that. I think that that this is going to be a coaching matchup, especially since these these teams don't have. And it's no offense to you guys. I, obviously, I know you don't take any, but like, there's no overwhelming talent on the field. There's not one guy I can say, okay, that guy's going to take over the game. 
Uh, not on the Patriots and not on, I mean, maybe Damian Harris, potentially. Maybe one of the Patriots running backs. We'll see how they execute. But I'm saying there's not one guy that I'm like, all right, he's going to take over the game. So also I'm looking at it from Belichick's perspective. There's not one guy that Belichick's going to try to take away from the Titans. That makes me think that Vrabel's going to try to confuse his ass. So when I think about that, I'm like, well, well, not even Vrabel, but you know what I mean, the offensive coordinator and all that stuff. So I think it could it could go anyway. Like the first two and a half quarters, I feel like are going to be really like unorthodox, and then we'll start to see what game it is after the sec after the middle of the third quarter. I'd say that's that's what I you know it's going to be unpredictable. I think that's that's my opinion. Uh, you said a six point favorite for the Patriots, six really? and a half. Yeah, I like the Titans on that line. I like the Titans on that line, dude. I'm betting Titans if, if you give me that if you give me the points, like. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be a three-point game. So that's my that's that's my final thoughts. I think it's going to be a real close one. Side note: Fire JD after the stream. How it is, brother? But I was no, I, I, I know, so I know you do. I, I didn't just, think they'd be that good. I'll give you that. Give no, because dude, I'm in the same boat. Final thoughts are this is going to be a tractor pull of a game. It's going to be knockdown, drag them out. It's going to be a touchdown. I think the Titans D is what's going to hold them in it. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is Mikey V 2 and 0 against the Pats? I saw someone post that. I saw someone say something about it. I think um, I, is he 2 and 0 versus the Patriots? I know he correct hasn't. I don't think he's lost to them. I don't, I, I, it, it may be. It may be. I don't think he's ever lost to the Patriots. That's what I mean. I think he's two and zero. So, but that, but that's that just <laughs> goes to show, like what I was. He, he's not that he that that Patriot mystique is not gonna like that whole like. It's it. it I just I just don't see that happening with that team. He's too good of a coach for that. He's part of that Patriot mystique. He's got the he's got the hardware, so it's like it's nothing to him. He's just going home. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, but, but he's, well, he, and that mentality permeates through the team too, you know, like, like guys, like the, it, like, we don't have to be afraid, like, like the, no fear, you know, no, no, no fear. Yeah. They beat him in the playoff in a playoff game a couple of years ago. So, um, I mean, that was with Derrick Henry though. So that, I don't know, man, this is going to be tough though. I definitely, I got the so, Patriots winning the game, but I got the Titans with point. So, Final thoughts here. It's gonna. This is gonna be one. It won or lost in the trenches. Can can the Titans front seven contain the run? If they can contain the run, it's gonna be real interesting. Um, this this is good. This is gonna be a game of the trenches. Whoever wins that that battle at the line of scrimmage is gonna win this game. I do, I'm gonna take my Patriots, but not. It, I'm gonna take them 27 to 20, 27 to 20, 24, 20. Very very close game, but that's my. Final score prediction there. TA, your boys, final thoughts on the Pats and the uh, Titans coming up. Big, big game for both both teams. Going to be a good one. What do you think, brother? Um, first of all, are you, are you going to be live for the game? I am. Yeah, me too. I got to make the link. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a it's a game where I like I said on Twitter, um, this is a game the Tennessee Titans should not win. If you look at everything that's going on with our team, and I know everyone's injured, but if, if, if you actually look at the Titans, we're really injured. It's really bad. Um, and this is a game we shouldn't win. I have us losing by 10. I, I and, and that I've I haven't I thought we were gonna win every game. Uh I always predict we're gonna win. Well, you know, I obviously I predicted 13 and 4 for the season uh for the Titans, but this is a game, like I said, we should not win. Um 
I don't know. I, I think it, I don't think either team's going to score 30. So let's just say 27, 17 Titans lose. Um, obviously I hope we win. Anything can happen, but I, I agree with Beantown, man. You got, if our front seven can, can make, can create pressure and cause some turnovers, uh, the Tennessee Titans can have it, can, can win this game. We, we could fight back and anything's possible, but um, it's, it's, it's going to be a situation where if, if we allow Mac Jones to just sit there, it could be a long day for two tone blue, man. So Titans lose by 10. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can keep that undefeated uh, streak for Vrabel three and O and um, continue being at the top of the AFC and try to get healthier. So I just, I just brought your injury report, the confirmed injury report up for this week. 15 are on it so far, so far, 15 confirmed. So like 20% of your team. <laughs> That's tough. That's <laughs> real tough. Yeah, yeah, and and they're they're all important players. <laughs> like yeah, this isn't like the players. third. This isn't like a third string left guard. No, this is like starting wide receivers and offensive linemen, and and and, and yeah, these are leader. guys that matter. Yeah, but the, it's man, yeah it's tough sledding, man. It's it's it, like I said, this is a big game for both, and it's it's Titans got to just they they got a tough game ahead of them. But JD, like I said, TA before, we're gonna move on to some basketball topics. If you're, if you, you, like I said, you tell me when you gotta go, and you can dip out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get ready to, and head out. Um, I just wanted to to say a few things before I leave. Go um, for it, brother. All you. you. Know, I just want to, you know, thank you guys. It was nice to meet you, JD. Um, Dude, it was nice to meet you too. You're a really interesting guy. I'm, I got you called <laughs> and sub now, my man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. it. Yeah, but um. I appreciate your guys' time. Uh, it was cool finally collabing with you, Beantown. Um, good luck to your team. Um, and um, I, I, I hope you guys do really bad. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> um, I wouldn't expect anything less. But I'll tell you what, man. Um, how about how about we do this? After the game, we'll figure out when you come on my show and we do a post-game talk. It could be any, any, any day. It don't matter. It don't have to be right after or anything like that. But let's do that. Win, lose, or draw. No, if they draw, we ain't talking. <laughs> no, <but laughs> win, lose, or draw, man. You come on and 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 we talk about the game, man. How about how about that? I'm down. Absolutely, brother. I'm I am down. I will do. We will absolutely work that out. Count on it. All right, man. JD, you're welcome anytime, man. Just let me know. Um, and I appreciate yeah, you guys, all the people in the chat. Thank you guys for watching. Um, make sure you guys hit that like button for Bean Town, man. He's always putting out. Really good content for you guys, oh, yeah. man. And, and and as a content creator myself, man, it, it's not as easy as just turning your, your computer on and your camera and talking. There is a lot that goes into it. Even thumbnails, like there's so much stuff, timing. And, he, and, and at least speaking for myself, man, we do this because we love our teams. We love interactions with you guys. And, and you can't really put a price on that. So, um, yeah, man, make sure you guys continue to support Beantown and and uh the i90 sports podcast and um we'll uh we'll definitely catch up man so thank you guys uh appreciate you guys and um always remember tighten up cyclops strong bear down no you gotta bear down cyclops, cyclops strong flag, man cyclops strong i like that. that's even better man i'm gonna use that one. <laughs> oh man hey thank you for having me on buddy i'll be i'll be seeing you absolutely but good luck and take it easy brother Hey, thanks we'll, see you, we'll see you tighten up. Congratulations guys. again, brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys.
Take it easy, TA. Congrats on the little one and have a good one, brother. <laughs> he's awesome. So, he's a good dude. I like I like TA a lot. That's a that is a good dude right there. Absolutely. So JD, let's let's kind of move into some let's switch it over. Um to from ba- some basketball uh, to football from football to basketball now. Right on. Um and uh you had um you had asked me that you know, you had your you had sent me something about an interesting oh, yeah. trade that could go down in the NBA and it just it 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 shows that the Lakers might have made a massive massive mistake um I'll <laughs> let you have the floor and kind of explain things and but oh, uh, oh, let's 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 noisy. talk about let's talk about this and did the Lakers did or did not the the LA Lakers make a massive mistake. So I'll let you take the floor. It's all you. Let's back it up. Let's back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. So like I did say, and this is like, this was optimism a long time ago saying that, okay, you know, LeBron James, he, he wanted Russell Westbrook on the team so he could kind of relax sometimes and kind of just take the, take the weight off his shoulder and everything. It's been an absolute disaster. Can we can we acknowledge this? Let me see, let me pull up the Lakers, the Lakers rec, record. Last time they were losing to some really bad teams, but the Lakers are not. They don't look. They just forget their record. Honestly, they just don't look good. They do not look like a good team. I don't even like talking about the Lakers because they kind of make me sick. Um, and you know, I I just don't like talking about them. Um, and the one thing I will say, I don't about, like about, talking about that icky purple and gold either. So we're good on that one. And when it was Kobe, I kind of was it was it was tolerable, but now it's not Kobe. It's just this, it's just this over bloatedly hyped team that the media just constantly just talks about all the time. They're ten and eleven. They are sub five hundred with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, a top ten core scorer of all time in Carmelo Anthony, a three time Defensive Player of the Year in Dwight Howard, and LeBron James. Now, granted, LeBron James has been hurt about ten games, so. You know he had seen and he had an amazing game against the Pacers the other night. It's neither here nor there, but but the trade you're referring to, right, is the is basically that the Lakers are trying to get rid of Russell Westbrook now. So they got so they trade all these things. Says, we need a star, man. We need star power. We're the Lakers, man. The media is going to talk about us all day and every day and every single. You should basically just you should basically just give us like every star you have for for a second round pick. That's the Lakers fans. It's so annoying. Like it really. I hate I hate the Lakers. Like fans and the media it's, it's a bunch of nonsense but this this trade takes the cake right here this one man right here so they so john wall will not play for the rockets he will not play for the rockets and there's a rumor coming out that russell westbrook and him they might just straight up swap they might just swap russell westbrook for uh john wall and man that would be the ultimate just like f you to the rest of the league because john wall would be absolutely perfect with the lakers he would be absolutely perfect and uh it's just it's just sad man it's just sad like the lakers pretty much get whatever they want the the league just lets it go because it's lebron and and what do you think about that lately what if they really pulled that off man what if they really did john wall for russell westbrook wouldn't that like make you kind of just hurl a little bit i I don't know that's just how i feel no it it, you you hit it right on the head though because john wall would fit 
perfectly in the way the LA Lakers run that system. He he would. Uh, now, w- the the question is, would would they or could they pull that trade off? Would would I don't see. I don't know too much about Westbrook's contract with with um, the Lakers. I, I'm I'm fully admitting that I don't know too much about his contract. Um, but that that would uh, it would be in, what, what was that? I'm saying I'm looking at Westbrook's numbers. He's got okay. almost five turnovers a game with the Lakers. See, that's five. I think that's 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 the a massive. Re- I think that's a huge reason to why they 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 want to get rid of him in the first place. It's it's they're they're realizing that he's because they're trying to run the offense through him and it's just not working. It's it's just not work working at all. It's absolutely terrible, and just the fact that. Just the fact that Anthony, like Carmelo Anthony, is the most efficient player on the team right now. That's terrible. Like, where is Anthony Davis? Like, does he even exist anymore? Or is he just, he got his ring now and his money, so he just doesn't care? Is that what this is? Like, that's what it looks like to me. So, I, I don't know. I, I think the Lakers are, are crap. I think that, like, the media loves them so much. And it annoys me that, uh, that John Wall, he, like, won't even play. For the, the Rockets. Like, he won't even step on the floor to play because he's scared of getting hurt or something, and he wants to go to the Lakers. It's like, man, just this is ridiculous. Like, you're making a mockery of the NBA, in my opinion. Is, is he straight up refusing to play? Yes. Is that what it is? He will not play. He will not play, and the Rockets are okay with it, and they just want to, like, trade him, basically. But, see, to me, that's more on the Rockets than anything because you signed a contract. Like, like, you're there. You know what I mean? Like, like that's your employer. You can't just be like, "No, nah, I don't feel like working today." No, that's not how this works. That's on. See, that's to me. That's more of a, a a Houston Rockets problem than it is a a a John Wall problem. Because the 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 Rockets got to go to him and be like, "Dude, you 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 you're, you're here. Like you we're paying you're your money. Con- like you're here. You're you're gonna play, or we're not gonna pay you." Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, the NBA has become, I mean, we're going to talk about the Ben Simmons situation, I'm sure. But, like, this is kind of like these guys now are basically saying, well, I don't feel like playing anymore, therefore I'm not going to. And I understand John Wall a little bit more than Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is just a little child and he's just being a baby. But, like, John Wall, he is looking at it like, okay, I only have maybe, like, four years left of being, like, a good NBA player. I want to spend my time with a contender, not waste my legs on the Rockets and stuff, which I half understand. I understand like the mentality, but I still think it's bogus. If they're paying you millions of dollars to play basketball, you should be playing basketball here. There shouldn't be just like, oh, well, no, you're, I don't like this team. Nah, fuck that. you like, no, get in there and play. You're a basketball player, play. Like, I, it's so stupid. But at the same time, it's like if they, if the Lakers were that lucky that they literally traded, uh, Westbrook, who is decimating their chemistry, basically, because that's what he does in his later years, because he's much less of a raw talent and much more of a, well, he's much more of a raw talent still in his, like, 33rd, you know, 33 years of age, which is pretty crazy. So, it's just, um, see, somebody said that uh, Mello was carrying the fucking, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Mello, Mello is carrying the Lakers. Like, somebody said it in the chat, like, Mello is actually the one playing well in the Lakers. That's nuts to me. Like, he is so fallen off, and he's doing better than Russell Westbrook, who's supposed to make $40 million a year. Melo makes nothing. 
That's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. I'm trying to, I'm, a bad, I'm saying it badly. But my point is that, like, he's making, like, 10 times more than guys who are producing way more. It's just like, yeah, Westbrook is not good. And if the if the Lakers were able to pull off a John Wall trade for Westbrook, I would just be like, dude, like, they get everything they want because ESPN – seriously, like, if, if they did that and LeBron won a title with John Wall and all these other guys, I wouldn't even count that title. The, the title is as worthless as the Ray Allen title to me like that's that's how i see it and that's kind of my rant for the day it's like that title would mean nothing to me because you just basically got out of all of your crap and then you got john wall an elite uh point guard now obviously he might get hurt again but that's not the point the point is f the lakers that's the damn point so that's my rant <laughs> for the day but we, so so to kind of like just to hit on the lakers stuff for a little bit here we talk how many we talk about this on a few episodes prior of, about the age and the chemistry and just the the problems that they that that team could run into this season with the the age and just the all of the one the one the age and two the 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 um egos that have to coexist on one team you know yes. like like we how many how many episodes like we've we've talked about it on multiple episodes here that that those two issues could ultimately derail this 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 team and i think it's kind of pathetic i actually think it's pathetic because you you have a team that has nothing but hall of famers hall of famers rajon rondo is a hall of famer dwight howard is a hall of famer Carmelo anthony's a hall of famer russell westbrook's a hall of famer anthony davis is a hall of famer lebron james is a hall of famer and you have all these chemistry issues. It's like, didn't half of you plan the Olympics together? What is this? So, I mean, I I think the Lakers are washed. I think Westbrook was the final. Like, getting Russell Westbrook was the stupidest thing they could ever do. Because now, what what little chemistry they had is gone, and that's and they're not going to even make the playoffs. I'm going to say it right now. I'm I'm calling it right now. You heard it here first on episode 19 of the I90 podcast. The LA Lakers will not make the playoffs. Mark my word. It, and honestly, it, it would have sounded like a hot take to me at the beginning of the season. Fair but enough. Ne- but you know, but you know what I mean. No, but here's the thing, right? Yeah. It would have been a hot take to me at the beginning of the season, not have like, but watching how the chemistry, how how it's been so far, and we're really not that far into the season. What are we? 21, 22 games in, you know, at the most. Not even that far. You know what I mean? And we're already starting to see like the massive cracks and separation and 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 like voids in this in that team. It's 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 the not Kings good. and the Timberwolves look better than them. The Kings, like what you know what I'm saying, bro? Like how? <laughs> so I I mean, and I get they're young and they're rising and stuff like that. I'm not trying to disrespect the Kings. But, like, historically speaking, if you would have told me that the Kings and the Timberwolves were beating LeBron James, a LeBron James-led team, like, in the standings, I would have been shocked. I mean, again, you're right. I would have probably laughed at you. Yeah, yeah. But they look way better, and they look like they have a much better chance at the eighth seed or even the fifth fifth to eighth seed than the Lakers do. I mean, things things can change in the NBA season pretty fast. Like, for instance, the the Hawks played really bad for a couple games, and then now they're on, like, a 10-game winning streak. But at the same time, this team, like I said, I know six Hall of Famers, and you're struggling against this many teams. I'm just saying, I think this team is washed. I think that's the word. They are washed. Anyway, that's all I have to say. 
about the Lakers because I don't even want to talk about them that much. But if they pulled off this John Wall trade and then things started to turn around, I would literally vomit. I would throw up in my mouth because it's just like, yeah, it's typical. That's what the Lakers get. I don't know. They just always get everything. So yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. So let's let's go from from the Lakers and let's go a little farther east and uh, make a stop in the Windy City. We'll jump back on the pike and head head down into head uh, head east into Chicago from LA. Oh, yeah. um, let's talk about the Bulls' blowout win against the Orlando Magic. Um, they absolutely took this team apart. One twenty three to one to I mean one twenty three to eighty eight. It was not even close. Um, the there's a couple of things I wanted to. Um, I wanted to get your your thoughts, and we had touched on a few of them. Um, we had touched on a few of them before, um, and it's one of them is really starting to come together. the The Chicago Bulls bench is really starting to contribute now. They started slow in the season. Um, they started kind of slow to you know it, you know when the season began, but. Um, 35 Kobe with Kobe White 35 points yeah. off the bench. Now, unbelievable. I mean, you look at the you look at this, it's like the Bulls finally have something that a lot of teams do not have, and that's depth. They remind me, and this is a little bit, you know, optimistic or whatever, but they remind me a little bit of the Raptors in 2019, where you could go to the bench and still get like 30 points from some of these guys. Um and the way I would say is uh, Kobe White has the skill, the potential, and the um, yeah, just the overall skill to be a really good, not a star maybe, but like a really good starting point guard in this NBA. And the Bulls decided, you know, we're going to keep him obviously because we drafted him, but we're going to invest in Lonzo Ball. So someday Kobe White probably won't be. It'll be kind of like a Terry Rozier situation where he kind of like gets out of there um, and goes somewhere else, signs a, signs a decent deal and ends up being that team starter. But like Kobe White being our seventh guy off the bench or eighth guy off the bench is so useful. <laughs> it's so like nice. It's like, man, we got a guy who can dominate his matchup off the bench. You know what I mean? Like you, you put him in against a backup point guard, he can dominate like nine out of 10 of those backups. So it's really nice to have that depth. And then don't even get me started on Caruso. Caruso is unbelievable. Like, just unbelievable. Like, <laughs> to me, where, to me, Alex Caruso was one of the biggest pickups for you guys. Well, this guy is stealing, like, five, four, four steals a game. It's unbelievable. It's like, dude, like, who even – if people knew you'd be this good, they would have offered you way more than what we gave. And we gave him, like, what, $12, $15 million a year or something like that? I think I, mean, I think 12 I think 12 Yeah, 12 I think. Man. That's uh, he's awesome. No, Dallas Crusoe is awesome. The bench has been playing phenomenal. Um, and you can call me crazy. A lot of people might. I think Lonzo ball, man, is the MVP of the bulls. I, I really I, do. He's I was just going to, I was just going to get to that. My next question for you about my next, my next, uh, my next thing I kind of wanted to throw at you was Lonzo had a bad game prior to this, to this magic game. It was not good. He, he probably had his, his worst game of the season prior to this game but this game was a massive rebound for him he he was a plus 22 when he was on the court plus 22 wow, wow. 
I didn't even know that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what was it? He had a bunch of steals. He had a rebounds, assists, and he had, he shot like 80-something 80, 80 percent. That's the thing about Lonzo. Lonzo is not a guy who's out there for his stats. He doesn't care about his stats. He doesn't care about well, – he wants to win. No, he and here's the thing, right? His game overall was awesome, but his individual stats weren't – here's what they were, right? 13, 13 points, four rebounds, um, six assists. But here's the thing. Five steals in five one steals. game for him against the Magic. Five. But overall, I mean, you, you look at that, right? So he's double digits in points. He's got he's got six assists, four offensive re like he's doing every you know a little bit of everything. Lonzo, he he makes him and Lamelo what they what they they do a lot more than um, and I'm sure this can be backed up by stats if I if I found enough. They do these things called what they call hockey assists. People who mm -hmm. watch hockey know exactly what I'm talking about, probably. Yep. yep. Where it's like there's an extra pass, but like basically he'll throw it. You know, it, he'll throw it from like his side of the court to another side of the court. Get a guy, or or he sees another guy. And it's the three man throw. He doesn't get the assist, but he made an incredible pass. Lonzo does that all the time. He he genuinely doesn't. Lonzo doesn't care about his stats. He only cares about matchups because he understands the game of basketball better than ninety percent of point guards. That's that's the way I see it. He really understands this game at a high level. So twenty games in, they're also sitting at thirteen and seven, which is and not. We did just bad. lose to the we we lost to the Heat tonight, but it was a close game. So I think close they're game. playing. They're still. I believe it's the half, right? Did I they think end? it's at the half. I thought I they think. ended. Did it end? Yeah, three point loss. Just they just ended like twenty minutes ago. But it's still, the Heat, the Heat are the Heat are a top five team. Great team, great amazing team. So no no disrespect to the Heat for sure. Um. Yeah, I agree, John Larson. He doesn't stay healthy. If if he does look bigger and stronger this year, though, uh, uh, Lamelo Ball does. I really am excited for him. I think he has the chance if he can stay healthy, like you said, and continue this pace of shooting defense and leading this team to a number one seed or a top three seed. I think uh, Lamelo, or excuse me, Lonzo Ball has a really good chance to get that uh, coveted. Most improved player of the year award. I really, I think he has that chance. No, no, ab dude, absolutely. There's, he's absolutely in the running for it. But like, mm -hmm. like you hit, you hit said when we, before the season even started, the Bulls needed a guy like Lonzo Ball that's not afraid to do a little bit of everything. Or, and it's, it's basically doing whatever the team needs him to do to, needs him to do to win, which, and he's not afraid to do it, which is the right attitude the right attitude to have in that's in that spot. And I, I give credit to Lonzo for, for coming into that organization with that attitude. He really has. And he, he yelled at uh, one of the younger guys the other day for not shooting a three. And that to me shows a level of leadership that's saying, you're going to take ownership of this team. And you're going to say like, like I, I forget who it was, but he basically like he threw it to somebody and they didn't shoot it. They passed it. And he just was like, no, shoot it next time. So like stuff like that I see, and I'm like, you're growing up. You're you realize you know you're a high dollar guy. You're not not the highest. You're not a max dollar guy, but you are a high dollar player who we paid a lot of money to be a leader on this team. And I think he's embracing that role, and it's and it's really nice to see. It's really really nice to see. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, Lavar, man, he 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 was right, man. He was right. Lavar was right. You give if you give the son the ball, he will make things happen. And also, Arturis Karnosovic has set up has set him up for success. I mean, you guys, you got guys that Lonzo can feed all day long. You got Demar, Zach, uh, DJJ. You got all these guys that he can just feed and feed and feed. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. The Bulls are playing what I would call beautiful basketball. And I agree uh, with John Larson in the chat. Lonzo Ball needs to stay healthy. If Lonzo Ball uh, gets hurt, the Bulls are in trouble. I think that's just a fact. Well, no, you you take that, that that no, it's absolutely true. You take a guy like him off the off the court who who does like all the small things, all those like grit and grimy thing. You know, like 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 you said, like starting like starting off the that that the a passing series like that you know you you get that you make that good first pass to start off the ball movement like like you take a guy like that off and it's 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 going to be tough sledding it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be tough i remember the bulls before lonzo ball and it, it, it passing is infectious if you look at the showtime lakers the warriors and now the bulls They have one thing in common. It's that they have a point guard who, when he's in, he gets everybody else passing. So when Lonzo Ball makes an incredible pass, it encourages other people to also make good passes. You flip the ball up the court and somebody else flips the ball. It's that is exactly what it is. Uh, And um, it's it's Lonzo Ball is pretty special. uh, And and I just think the Bulls have a lot of talent. I think the Bulls have a good chance this year, but we have to stay healthy. That is that's all I'm going to say about the Bulls anymore. Like that's. That's the key. We got to stay healthy and keep on doing what we're doing. That it that is a really good point though brought up there. Um um by John. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, from John uh, about you know losing a guy like Lonzo Ball that could that could really like mess with it, the it could, it could it could hurt. It could really hurt the team. Absolutely. I'm excited. This is going to be really good. This going to be a really good season for the Bulls. Uh, I was just yeah. So like to close, just to close it out with them, they got a few games coming up that they should be able to get back on back on track. There, they, they're JD. They, they're they're playing better than I than I realistically expected them to. Like that, I thought they were going to be improved, but they they do. They look really good. That team, the ball movement, the 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 unselfishness that the balls have this year is is good to see. And the defensive buy-in, I think, is is something that that gets talked about a lot too. But it's definitely something that matters, like how much they want to play defense, especially the new guys, especially the new guys who are really setting the tone, like Lonzo and Caruso, really setting the tone on defense. Uh, who is the next game we play? Let's see here. The next few, the next like four games, you guys, uh, you guys have have some games coming up that you could kind of get back on track, you know. Ooh, Lonzo's going to face his little brother next game. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. So let's stay with basketball, JD, and let's head back. Let's head again. Let's we'll jump back on the pike, back on I ninety, and head east into my hometown, into Boston, Massachusetts. The Celtics and Spurs went at it last night. Celtics unfortunately came up on the losing end of that, ninety six to eighty eight. Um. <laughs> Didn't Dejounte Murray talk some shit too? Something like that. He did. He was. He was. Jar, he was jarring. He was talking. He was, t- and they had a right to. The so, 
I, I got a bone to pick with the Celtics, man. It's they the inconsistency has been has been bad this year. You never know. We as Celtic fans never know which Boston team is gonna which which Celtic team is gonna show up. You know, absolutely. We never know which which Celtic team is gonna show up. And I know so so. Ime Udoka's system is much different than Brad Stevens's. Much different. There is a lot more ball movement. There's a lot more switching on both ends of the of the of the court, offensive and defensive. There's a lot more switching involved. Um, and they're they're, they're it, we're 20 games in, and they're still struggling um, with it. They're still struggling with the defensive rotations. Um, there are times where underneath the basket is just left wide, wide open, wide open for guys, and um, it, it never mind like underneath the basket, just lanes to the hoop. That's how the Spurs the Spurs beat them the other night because the the defensive rotation just collapsed in the final six minutes of the game, and there were lanes to the hoop like just easy easy lanes to the hoop like one move and the guy would go whether it was Keldon Johnson or DeJounte Murray they they um they just it was just an e- you know you know how like when when the when the when the defense under the hoop collapses you just drive you just drive yeah. and it's an easy layup and you either get you know what even if you don't make, even if you much- don't make the layup you're still going to get the call on the contact yeah high life said you know they don't have a true center um and it's bad when you spent how much money this year on a true center. How much on money Horford, is Horford yeah. making? On and how Horford. much money is Williams making? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I know. That's a huge deal. Like, you're looking at – I mean, and Brad Stevens is going to have to evaluate that. He just paid a guy to be a rim protector. And, you know, if that's if that's your main issue, that's definitely an issue. Um, and I also – we talked about it, uh, about Tatum's issues and stuff, so I don't really need to touch on that. We talked about that uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Um, and it's just, I mean, they have to figure out what their identity is. You know what I mean? They like last year, their identity was ISO ball with Tatum. And this year they're trying to pass the ball a lot. Uh, we got, they got to figure out what it is. And, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. The Celtics at 10 and 10, you know, it's, it's hard to say what, who they actually are. I almost want to believe See, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to, I was going to, I was going to bring that. I was You, you kind of just led me right into the, we're 20 games into the season and we still don't know the Celtics identity. And that's a problem. See, the Bulls we still don't, is, we, that's, the, we still yeah. don't know. We still don't know what they are as a team. Yeah. And you definitely got to know, you, you definitely, you definitely got to know. Um, after 20 games, so you got to know exactly like who the ball, who gets the ball at what moments. Um, and, and it feels like it feels like they don't know still who their main their main star is. And you know what? Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe Tatum isn't that guy. Maybe it really is Brown, like you said. Maybe you were right about that uh, a couple months ago when you said that. You said that Brown is clearly the better player to you. So I don't know. I just find that a, I just find that a massive problem that we're 20 game. What's that? A third of the way into the season. Uh, about a fourth, but yeah, yeah, it's quite so a, a quarter of the way into the season. And we still don't know what the team is, what the team has. Like there's no identity to it at all. It's, 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 uh, 
it's just it's not good. It's it's not good. They um um they like I said, they just it's not good. Like they need to the the inconsistency is going to be a, a serious serious problem. And if they if they're going to get stuck in a playing like if if they hit another stretch like they did last season where in the middle of the season they just kind of you know throw their hands up and kind of raise the white flag they're not even going to get into the playing never mind you know never mind the playoffs it's 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 not good man it's it's and and allow me to go on a little Celtic rant here for like two minutes right you want to know what the you want to know what the biggest problem with the Celtics is the biggest problem with the Celtics is the Celtics. They, it's upper management. They overvalue a lot of these guys, a lot of them, right? The Celtics bench is next to nothing. I'm, I'm sorry, like there's no help there. There's no guy that there's no two guys on the Celtic bench that stand like that stand out in our one thousand percent like reliable like reliable. It's it's. It, the Celtics are their own worst enemy sometimes because they had all these picks way, you know, years ago, they had, they had compiled all these picks and all this stuff and they could have packaged players and picks to get legitimate superstars here. And they refused to do it. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it because it's a fact. And I said it like three years ago. I said it like two or three years ago. When This is like one of the first videos I ever made on YouTube talking about sports ever. Kyrie Irving will and did ruin the Celtics culture and chemistry. He came in there. He ruined it. He inflated Jason Tatum's head. He messed with the guard position. Now Brad Stevens doesn't even know how to like, not even Brad Stevens, but like the Celtics don't even know how to use the guards anymore. So I, I really think that just trading for Kyrie Irving, uh, brought in a cancer that you're still dealing with. And I'm not saying Kyrie Irving himself is the reason why they're having issues, but just no, you're that, talking like, the after effects of when he le- of, of the after yeah. effects that he left behind. Well, Tatum was, was this guy who was running through a system and he was so reliant on the system and he was so good in the system. And he was such a team guy. And now all of a sudden the last few years, he's been very selfish and you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you bring in these, LeBron mentality, these Kyrie mentality guys, and you just kind of ruin the you ruin the locker room. You do. You ruin the locker room. That's what it is. So it's an issue. It definitely is. Like uh your mindset. And even some of the really- Celtic fans are starting to say, like like High Life is he pointed it out. He even said he goes, at the time being, Tatum is like Kyrie Irving to them. It, and it's it, it and I hate to say it too because, humble. because listen, Tatum isn't a Tatum. Tatum can score. He can. I've, I've just, I have said this from the start with him. How many times have I said this, JD? It's, it's not Tatum's, it's not Tatum's skill set. It's all in the guy's head. It's Tatum's mentality. That's his own. He, his, his mentality is his own worst enemy. Like he's his own worst enemy. I, I don't like, I don't, it's, becoming more and more clear to me at least that Tatum just does not have that mentality to put a team on his back and and lead and lead I I just I don't think he has it in him 
people got to like you. They got to rely on you. Not necessarily like you, but they got to respect you. You know what I mean? And I don't think Tatum, Tatum is uh, – he's just like he, – he came in the league. What was he, 19? He blocks LeBron James. He has a bunch of big moments. He's a game away from – he's five points away from the finals. So he has all these big moments. And then you got a guy like Kyrie Irving who came in there and kind of poisoned him. And then uh, you have – he's just like you said. Like you said, he's – he. Your mentality, your skill set's all there, but your mentality's not there. Um, High Life calls him a diva in the chat. It's like, it's hard I to think argue. It's getting it. to that point. It is getting to that. It's getting to that point. And a lot of Celtic, a lot of Celtic fans, if it continues, are are probably going to be saying what a lot of what some of them are saying now. Like, we should try and trade him when his value is the highest. And I get think some- the point. I think the point that I made that that is a good point. Trade him when the value is the highest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like right now, his value is about as high as it's going to be. Uh, and, and the thing that I said, too, is the Celtics have always been defined by their team play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their team – even when Larry Bird was the guy, he didn't care if, if Kevin McHale had a 50-point game. It seems like Tatum doesn't even like when Brown has a good game or he doesn't, he doesn't thrive when Brown has a good game. It's like you got to be like Lonzo Ball where – you're willing to take only eight shots in a game sometimes. Like when a guy's hot or a matchup there, you got to be willing to take less shots. But I don't think Tatum is. I think Tatum wants to get his uh, stats, and I think he wants to make sure he's – yeah, he yeah, has – He's his- more concerned about his brand and his stat line than he is about winning. Seriously. That's, that's, that's a big problem. I, I hate, and I hate to say it because that's not how the Celtics usually are. You know, he Tatum is more concerned with his brand – and his stat line and making he's more concerned. Here's the thing. Tatum's more concerned with making the all-star game than winning an NBA title. And that's a big deal. That's a big problem too. It's uh, yeah, he, I mean, and he thinks he's Kobe, but Kobe before Kobe became Kobe, Kobe had a few rings. That's all I would say is Kobe had a few rings before Kobe became actually became Kobe. So Tatum well, it, it's, and he's way. so far off of that though. It's not even funny. Like Kobe had that, Kobe had that that ice in his veins mentality. You know what I mean? And it's just Tatum just ain't there. He's just not there. And and here's the thing, too. It's 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 how long are you willing to wait for that? As you know, what I mean, how like you can't wait forever for it because then his his value is gonna fall off a cliff and you're gonna be able to get nothing if you try and trade him. Yeah, you have to decide whether he's a superstar or whether he's just a guy who's who's a good player, but you could, but he's not going to bring you to the, to the promised land. Um, he kind of, it's the thing. John Larson said something that's interesting. He said, Tatum has to have a better player with him. He needs motivation. Well, I would argue this. Al Horford is a pretty good player. And, uh, and Jalen Brown's a pretty good player. And, Brown, they, yeah. and, and Tatum hates Brown. And they don't even play good together. So, uh, the way I would see it is you got to buy in if you're Jason Tatum. Everyone's got to buy into the system and they got to make it work and uh, let the chips fall. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. I got a feeling the locker room doesn't like JT either. Well, he even said he, did, he didn't care if he was traded. He said that before. Uh, it was you know what I mean? Ago, I'm going to say it. Right, I'm going to throw it out there right now. From what I'm seeing on the court and just the body language, I don't think guys like JT. I don't think they like him. I'm just going to throw it out there. And that's on him. That's definitely on him because you have to be the leader of your team. You don't have to be liked, but you have to be respected. And if, if they're not playing well, something tells me he's not respected. So, 
Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, dude. Trade you vocal for JT. Yeah, see, this is this is a typical Laker fan right here, Benjamin. He goes, I'll trade you my coach for your superstar. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff. I'll trade you a second round pick for uh for Steph Curry. How about that? And that'll be, I, it'll be all right. Yeah, I took a dump today and it was purple and gold. <laughs> oh man. Didn't Smart call him a ball hog? Dude, Smart was trashing both of them. Smart was trashing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum the other. I think it was like two weeks ago. He was saying that, like, you know, well, he wasn't trashing them. He was saying that, like, as a team, we need to be less selfish. We need to stop taking shots that are stupid. Yeah. And and so so here's just just to end it to like wind it down, and then we'll move on to we'll go back to football and preview in the next cup the next games coming up. The the biggest pet peeve that I have with JT right now is that as soon as the Celtics get down, he feels like he's got to ignore the rest of his team and just play hero ball. And I hate that. I can't stand that in a player. Use your team. Use the guys around you. The Celtics have won as many titles as any, or or, yeah, as many championships as any franchise in the history of basketball. And they've never done that. They haven't done that. They've never had an ISO ball player. Never. Like not in the history of the Celtics with Paul, the Paul Pierce era, they were not ISO ball. Uh, mm-hmm. The Isaiah Thomas era, they were not ISO ball. It's never been ISO of, ball, and Tatum wants not. to do that because he's only concerned about his own stats. That's not who the Celtics are. That's not no. literally who they've ever been, ever. So I, uh, I don't like it either. Actually, I think you're you're going against the identity of your entire city, let alone your team, um, and that's definitely a problem. You might want to look at moving on from a guy like that. <laughs> I high life. I would trade. Uh, so so the chat's going off tonight. That's awesome. I love it. I love oh, to see the. I love to see the participation in the live broadcast. It's awesome. So one of the guys that I've been yelling about all season. I I would trade Tatum and some picks to get Dame, Damian Lillard here. I would. I would. I would. I would trade Damian Lillard and Jalen Brown. I think would be an a, a, a scary, scary duo. I, I think that they could be good. Um, I think that they could be good. Are, are they good enough to win the East? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, if you're going to trade, they'll, picks, be, they'll be good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Championship, probably for, for sure. I. This is what I would say about if you get leathered and you get rid of Tatum. Um, I would, if I would want this because Lillard, they, it's not like Lillard, it's not like the team has a bunch of leverage with with Lillard anyway. Uh, they haven't won much, and he's getting old. So I would say screw the picks, one for one, Tatum for Lillard, and then I would like that because then you could maybe potentially draft a guy. Yeah, to, go, to help out too, to be that third so, guy. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that that would be productive. Uh, it, I just don't think like Lillard plus picks or rather uh, Tatum plus picks for Lillard, especially with Lillard. What is he? 32. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's low thirties. He's in his thirties so, now. Yep. I mean, because Tatum's youth alone is values. He Tatum to me has higher value trade value than, than Lillard does. So I would definitely uh, try to, if I was the Celtics, I would at least call about that. If they mm-hmm. haven't already, they probably have. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So let's, um, Let's head back into the Windy City. So this this time it's this time we're gonna we're gonna hop back on board the up yours Tennessee Titans uh, Express. 
and take off from Boston and land back in Chicago. Um, let's talk bear. Let's talk some thanks, a little bit of Thanksgiving football with you, the bears and the lion, the bears and lions. Um, just give me, give me your, your thoughts on that game. Cause like, let's be, if I, if you guys lost to the lions, I was going to come on here for at least 35 minutes and just torture you about it. The sports figure had a great tweet that, uh, ample that literally like magnified exactly how I was feeling the whole time during the entire game. Like I was just like, please don't, it was like, it literally he tweeted, please don't lose to the lions. Please don't lose to the lions. Please don't lose to the lions. <laughs> please don't lose to the lions. And we didn't lose to the lions. So thank God we did not lose to the lions. And that's like, there was people uh, either in the chat or in the comments or something from one of the VODs that we did. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was on Twitter, but they were arguing that like, that, <laughs> Like, oh, you know, the Lions are a good team. They're, you know, they're going to come back. No, for multiple reasons, we cannot lose to the Lions. One, one, they're 0 8. We cannot lose to an 0 8 team. That would be dead. Oh, they're, they're, they're like, they're like 0 10, I think. They're like 0 9, 0 10, or something like that. They are the worst team, one of the worst teams in the They're 0 10 and 1. So at in the time two, being, they were 0 and 0 9 and 1. That's terrible. And, and, and two, we're the Bears. They're the Lions. That's another thing. So Bears fans trying to, like, just, like, lower our value. Like, well, if we do lose to them, it'll be okay. Shut up. No, no, that's not okay. It'll never, ever be, be okay. okay to lose to the Detroit Lions, ever. It just it'll will never be okay. okay to lose to the Lions for it's anybody. never okay. Even when they were 13-3 and three that one crazy year, it's just not acceptable. We're not allowed to do that. That's just no. Period. Anyway, so besides that, I'm glad we won. Uh, the Red Rocket uh, pulled through. You had a couple good throws in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a crazy game. I really did think we were going to lose. I thought we were going to lose the whole time. I was terrified. Oh, I, I, hey. So somebody brought it up earlier. It's, it's, imagine how, like Pittsburgh tied with them. They couldn't beat the, like, like, that's, that hurts too. It's it's yeah that's that's bad that's bad 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 it's that's not good, but you guys did beat them, so no Justin Fields in that game. Nope. You were I will give them this the lion the the Bears were beat up in that um um in that game they they were beat up but still it's it's that that no that Mac, was a tough no one. Field. No What's Khalil up? Mack, no, uh, no, no, uh, Khalil Mack and no Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, broken ribs for Justin Fields or cracked ribs or something like that. So he'll be out a few weeks. Uh, and that's okay. You know what I mean? That's okay. I don't want him in this offensive line anyway. It's better than him, like, you know, dying. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it looks like every week. Uh, so, and this is the thing like, as much crap as people talk about Matt Nagy. That's exactly why Matt Nagy didn't want Justin Fields in there. That's exactly why what we just saw. Just, you know, like he did the right thing by not playing him. He did. He's like, I'm not gonna get the kid, I'm not gonna get the kid hurt. He absolutely did the right thing by not playing him. In pre-snap, Andy Dalton is 10 times better than Justin Fields. Pre-snap. Obviously, post-snap, it's not even close. Justin Fields is way better. But like pre-snap, Andy Dalton knows where the blitzes are coming. So he's not gonna take his, you know, he's not gonna stand there and just get 
blasted. And that's the thing. That's what Matt Nagy was scared of. He's scared of Justin Fields cracking his ribs. And guess what happened? Justin Fields cracked his ribs. So that's well, remember, remember, remember I had said, remember I had said a few, like, I think it was like episode 16. I was like, maybe, maybe Nagy's doing a lot of this to protect the kid and try and not get him like murdered. Yeah. 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 Well, that was, that was part of it. And I think that now I, I know I'm, I'm okay with everything, the way it panned out. Because uh, it, it, the, the the reason why I'm okay with it, the way it panned out is because Fields got a lot of good experience this year. Uh, he had a few good plays, few good games, even a few losses that were pretty good. And uh, our young guys got some experience. But now we can kind of like, you know, gift wrap this year. You know, it's over. Probably only going to win like five, six games. It's going to be one of the a top pick top 10 pick team this year draft an offensive lineman in the first three rounds you know yeah. that's so we're kind of we're done you know what i mean we're okay like this season's over we barely beat the lions so we're definitely done you know what i mean like it's we're never gonna we're not going to the playoffs that's not happening high life said something uh well i don't want to move on too fast but he said something i do want to address should Go i address it. it all right was it this so, one yeah exactly <clears throat> so i've talked about that a lot in the last like couple months, I've talked about Matt Nagy, especially on Twitter. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at JD underscore rants, it, I've been talked about that a lot about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And, and a lot of people, there's blame to go around for everybody, but here's the thing. There's also kudos to go around for everyone. Okay. I'm going to start with the bad or start with the good and then talk about the bad really quick with Matt Nagy. Go for like, it. So Matt Nagy, he's been to the playoffs two times in the last three years. With a roster that was deteriorating, a guy who so Kyle Long. Now a lot of people remember this. Kyle Long was one of the best offensive linemen in the entire league, and then he just left the Bears. He got injured once, and then he basically retired. And then once his contract was up, he came back and went to the Chiefs because f the Bears. You know what I mean? And that is the like Matt Nagy had to deal with that. So that's another offensive lineman issue. And then uh, Leno sucks. I don't know why we've had him on the roster for six years. There's been a bunch of offensive line issues. Matt Nagy inherited a bunch of crap, and he still brought the Bears to the playoffs twice. Now, that's the good parts with Matt Nagy. The bad parts is, here, I'll break those down. He is the most wishy-washy Bears coach I've ever seen. He is so inconsistent with the media. He needs to seriously do some Bill Belichick research. He needs to seriously learn how to be stoic and not talk so much. He talks as much as I do. And that is a problem. Like he literally, he's, he has his foot in his mouth half the time. So media wise, he's a D minus coach. And that's why a lot of times people think that like he needs to be fired. Um, I don't know if he needs to be fired. I don't, not in the locker room. I think uh, the locker room, uh, John Larson said, there are eight good coaches in the league and the rest can be replaced. And I, I'd say uh, 24. Of the I other don't even think there's eight. I wouldn't even go that. Seriously. I would not even go that high. I would not even, and I'm not even joking. I would not even go that high. I would say five to six at the five at the most, five or six at the most. Belichick, Andy Reid. I'd say Mike Tomlin. Yep. Uh, No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tomlin's in there. Uh, Vrabel, and I would throw. uh, If we're count, if we're not counting this year, Pete Carroll in the last couple of seasons. Pete Carroll before 2018, yeah, I'll give you that. He was a good coach. Maybe he can bring it back. I'm not sure, but right but now, not in the last couple of seasons. You know, yeah, not yeah. in the last couple of seasons. But outside of outside of like those four, 
No, McCarthy's not a Kevin good coach. No, McCar- Mike McCarthy's not a good coach. That's just the talent. That's just the talent around him. He's not a good coach. He is terrible with clock management. Awful. I, I this is the thing. Like, there's there's 24 coaches, probably maybe 25 or 26, that are adequate, maybe, but they're also they have issues, and I question things about him. And I think that Matt Nagy definitely fits that category. Is that like I think he has the ability to be a good coach, but um, this is what I would say. Uh. This is what I would say regarding Matt Nagy's job. If they decided to fire Matt Nagy, I would not freak out because I think that a new voice in the room sometimes could help, uh, especially if it's one that maybe Justin Fields clicks with more. I'm not sure. I don't know how Justin Fields or the defensive guys feel about Matt Nagy. I think that's really important. I think the players will ultimately decide who the coach is. If they don't like Matt Nagy, if they're sick of his crap, he's gone. If they do like him, if they rally around him towards the end of the year, he'll come back. That's how I feel about it. Um, and uh, the bigger issue to me, a lot of people talk about is Ryan Pace. Um, but I could talk about that for a while. Uh, do we have any more topics? I, I was going to say I could break that one down really quick, but I don't want to get too off topic. No, no, no. Go for it. I was just going to get – I just want – I was just going to ask you um, about your – we did the preview for the – we did the preview for the um, – I was just going to kind of close it out with the preview for the Bears and, and Cardinals. Okay. If you want to break something down, dude, go for it. All, all, for, all, right. all for it. Go for it. All right. So with Ryan Pace, a lot of people have talked about this too. Ryan Pace, just like Nagy, is a mixed bag. They're mixed bags. Uh, like, are they – is Ryan Pace a good GM? I would argue overall no. He's not. And here's why. It has nothing to do with his talent acquisition. His talent acquisition is about as good as anybody else in the NFL. But his his financial management, which is literally your only real job at the end of the day when you're the GM, is awful. It's absolutely terrible. His understanding of the salary cap is that of a third grader. So that for that reason, Ryan Pace should be fired. Absolutely. <laughs> dirt. He's a dirt. He, he's an absolute dirt when it comes to uh, when it comes to. Are, uh, excuse me, um, signing people and making sure, like, for instance, the Robert or the, the Quinn, the Quinn pickup that was absolutely foolish. You spent 13 million dollars on pass rushing when you already spent 50 million dollars on pass rushing, it made no sense. And he's an yeah. old pass rusher, Robert Quinn was, he's past his prime, so it was absolutely foolish. And now, Robert Quinn's playing really good, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here like mad that Robert Quinn has five sacks, but at the same time. We can't afford that. There's if we had to pay Justin Fields right now, we couldn't. Yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Like you're an idiot. You, you're one of the dumbest. Uh, or or go out or go out and get him if you have to. Maybe put some veteran linemen around him. You couldn't do that either. Can't do any of that. So your flexibility is terrible. So now this year, this this offseason, you have to gut the whole roster. That's not a good GM. If at any moment in your GM, uh, you're GMing, you have to gut your entire roster just to make it work. You messed up. You're not a good GM. So by that, by what I would say about Ryan Pace is, yes, he discovered Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith, Cody Whitehair, David Montgomery, bunch of good players. No question. He is talent. His talent acquisition is pretty good, but his understanding of the salary cap is elementary and foolish. So that is that is what I say about the Bears' uh, front office and their coaching staff. They're a complete mixed bag. They have good things about them, and they have some really, really dumb, bad things about them. So uh, th- that's that's all I have to say about the Bears. Uh, as far as um, the matchup is, I'm gonna look up something. 
Is Kyler Murray playing? I'm going to look that up. Because that matters a lot <laughs> next week. Let's see. Kyler Murray. What do you think about the Cardinals-Bears game next week? I, I just wanted to get your uh, – so I think th- that's going to be tough for you guys. I, I think if if you're – if without Justin Fields, you, you're missing that dynamic – you know, the dynamicism, if that's a word in the offense, right? right. Like, know you, you know what, you, you know what you're going to get with, with Andy Dalton. It's, it's a pocket passer. Who's, you know, there's not going to be any, I don't think you're going to see much um, mix up with the playbook. You're not going to have to, Justin Fields is a dual threat and you have to, and you have to, you know, game plan for the dual threat. It, it Andy is not that that's a, he is a pure stand in the pocket kind of guy. You're not going to, it it's it could get real ugly real quick. That's that's what I like. What the, works the in our favor is that to come to play. play. It's not Kyler Murray. Thank God. Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray. No, it's Kyler Murray. You know, high life. Kyler Murray is still injured, and they're not going to rush him back, according to that report. I don't. It could be false, but you know, it's early in the. Well, no, it's tomorrow. No, it's next week. It's next week. So next week, yeah. So it's eight days away, maybe ten days away, or something like that. So we'll see. Uh, no, it'd be, it'd be eight days away. Yeah. So it's eight days away. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If if it's Kyler Murray, you already know. You, you already know this game is over. This game is yeah. it's going to be a slaughter. But yeah, if, if it's if Murray's, boy, if Murray's playing, if they put a, a flake jacket on him, you know what I mean? Like the flake jackets on him, you know, the QBs wear those, those big flake jackets. If, if he, if, uh, if if he plays it, that's going to be a tough day. That's going to be a real tough day. Because let's be honest, right? The I feel bad for the Bears' defense this year because they are literally doing everything in their power to keep this team in the game. And by the third quarter, they're just gassed. They're just gassed. That's an issue. It definitely is. And 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 you have to understand too that it's from what I just talked about earlier. Next year. These guys, you won't have this anymore. So I'm worried as a Bears fan. I really am because we are going to have to gut this roster. So you're going to have Roquan Smith, probably Khalil Mack, and a bunch of guys, bunch of guys, bunch of maybe a couple of the guys that we keep, probably keep Jalen Johnson, uh, but then a bunch of other, you're going to have to get rid of a lot of guys. So with that being said, what is our future? What is the future? It's it's very young. It's a very young future for the Bears. That's, that's like what I, I don't think the Bears are going to be able to keep Hicks. I don't think no, I don't yeah, think he's going to be gone. a Chicago Bear next year he's because gone. of because of the salary cap and because of the situation that they're in. I think he's I think I'm he's shocked. all but gone. And uh, Robert Quinn is probably they're going to try and do everything in their power to move him as well, move that money so they don't have to pay that. It, it, it's they're they're going to be in a tough spot, man. They're going to be in a very tough spot. What's frustrating to me is I, is, is I think that they're that they're absolutely foolish. I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy sat in a room in the off season this summer, like early in the summer, and they said to themselves, "Oh, we're going to be a even though we have a rookie quarterback and Andy Dalton and the worst offensive line in the league, we're going to be a contender this year, guys. Let's double down on our defensive line." What kind of stupid 
did you really believe that? Like, I just can't even believe they believe that. Like, I didn't believe that as a fan. I'm supposed to be a fanatic. Fan is short for fanatic. I didn't even believe that with the roster we had. So, in my opinion, the reason why Bill Belichick is a better is better than 90% of the coaches is because he has reasonable, realistic expectations for his guys. He, he puts yeah. them in position to do a good job and do their job, and he doesn't expect too much from them. He doesn't say, oh, well, you're going to – your potential – you're going to reach your potential this year. No, Bill Belichick says, this is what you can do. Do it. And the the Bears are like, well, I hope that this guy is good. You know, I hope that we'll make the Super Bowl. That's so – it's such a foolish way to be. It's very foolish as a GM to think that way. That's all I can say about that. It's very foolish. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So what? So prediction, Jetty. What do you think? What do you think for uh, next week for your for your Bears? There. What do you think for a score? Do you think they're going to be able to to keep pace, or or what do you got? I think the Cardinals will win. Uh, I don't know about twenty plus their high life, but I think the Cardinals will win. Um, if it's Colt McCoy, I think it'll be a relatively close game. But I think that the Cardinals have better coaching than us. And that's saying a lot because Cliff Kingsbury isn't necessarily like an overwhelmingly good coach, but I think he's better than Matt Nagy. You know what I mean? Like I think he's better than him. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will win this game. I'd probably like 20 to 10, uh, maybe 21 to, to 14 or something like that. Maybe nine to 21. I, I could see uh, the Bears not scoring very much. This Cardinals defense is still good. They're still stacked, so I don't that, see that offensive line that Chicago has is a mess. And the 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 crazy part is, is it started off pretty serviceable. They weren't too bad at the beginning of the season, the first four games. You know, the at least at least the interior the interior of the line was was serviceable at the beginning of the year. But man, the wheels have just fallen off of that unit. They've just it, it's gotten bad, man. Like they, they like. It has like they, they, they Chicago, the Bears know exactly what they have to go after in the draft. They need, they need to put some guys in front of fields so, so he doesn't get killed back there. They do. And if they didn't get rid of Matt Nagy, I wouldn't lose my mind. If they want to give him one more year, I'm really not going to lose my mind. A lot of Bears fans might, but I'm not going to. Uh, I think that he deserves at least one more year, to be honest, because he made the playoffs a few times. If he didn't make the playoffs at all in his short tenure with the Bears, fire him. Fire him. But you've yeah. shown that you've been able to – he won the division once. You've shown you can win the division in the North. That's a really, really big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we can keep him on one more year. That's what I would say. If you you hold a gun to my head, and tell me, like, do you want Matt Nagy for one more year? I'd probably say yes. Unless you have a perfect replacement. Unless you're See, you're telling me Jim Harbaugh is coming out of, you know. That's a whole – we could do a whole segment on that, too, and it's just like – like, you just hit it on the head. You you can't get rid of him if you don't have a succession plan. Exactly. Exactly. You have Cause to get that's not Because that's not smart either. It's about as smart as, as doubling down on your pass rush when you don't have an offensive line and a rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but, no doubt, no doubt. But you got anything else, my dude? You got anything no, else? Man. Oh, man, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing show. Uh, wow. it's I can't wait for this season, man. It's Or rather, this weekend. It's it's Tomorrow is going to be an interesting day for sure. There's there's a there's a lot of good football I think gonna go on tomorrow. I think we're gonna get us a, a lot of good a lot of good games. Um, 
hopefully your balls can can get back on track. I know they had a good game against the Heat tonight. That was a close yeah. a close L close there. Game. Yeah, close game. But once again, the Heat are a the Heat are a top four, top five team. That's a good that's a good basketball team there. Right. Jimmy Jimmy Butler and company have they do they they play their asses off. They that is that they team's no joke. Make it to the finals again. They could easily, yeah. There's no question. They're a good team. So I, I if we're gonna lose, I'm glad we lost by three. But that's what I mean. It showed fight that they so clearly they were right with them the whole game. You know, mm-hmm. I was listening to it and they were up earlier. So uh, it's I don't know what happened in the fourth, but <laughs> it's, it happens. Hopefully, my Celtics can can right the ship and and get them some things worked out because if they they continue the path that they're going and the inconsistency, it's just. It's not going to be good for them, so they got to work that out. Hopefully, the Bears can can get you know. Hopefully, they can at least put up a good put a good showing on next weekend when they when they get the Cardinals. Hopefully, they can they can uh they can keep it close and and give us a good a good basketball game. But that's all we got for you guys on episode nineteen of the I ninety Sports podcast, guys. Once again, uh, special shout out to Titan Anderson. Um, Big congratulations to him on the the new little guy, the new member of Titans Nation, uh, arriving soon. Uh, appreciate him and his uh, for his time as well. Um, thanks for uh, coming on the show to him, and uh, I will be. We're going to be working something out where uh, where one, if not both of us, can get on his can get on his show and and kind of talk about um, kind of talk about the. Uh, the uh, Patriots and the, and just, just do some post game stuff. But, uh, but um, that's all we got for you today. Once again, thank special thanks to Titan Anderson uh, for coming on the show. Appreciate his time. And uh, the link for his, uh, I will put the link to his channel guys, either in the description of this video or, um, in the in the comments so you guys can go and check him out he's another member of the sports broadcast community um that dude is a diehard titan fan too he is a die that that guy bleeds two-tone blue he's i give him a lot of credit he's he sticks with that team through through thick and thin it's when it's the way you should you know what i mean he's a, oh, yeah. he's he's a true he's a true fan you know through the through thick and thin good or bad he's he is like a diehard Tennessee Titan fan. Um, and you always, no matter what the team is, though, you, you always got to respect that. Respect the respect the dudes. The dudes that stick by their teams through thick and thin are, are worth worth the they're worth the watch and worth worth the follow. But for anybody listening on uh iHeartRadio, we greatly appreciate that, guys. This podcast is going up on iHeart. Um and JD, can you drop your the the uh i90 channel in there where they where they can watch all the clips and the and the snip sure. the snipped up version of the show so for those of you listening on iHeartRadio um and anybody wa- listening or watching on the playback here on YouTube there is a a second channel my my guy here JD has the i90 sports talk right that's the that's what it's called right yes sir i90 sports talk that's the channel and if you if you are interested in specific topics or something uh, that you want to share, like a segment that you want to share, that's the channel to go to. I, I cut them up, I add a little background music and uh, make it look real nice. And uh, basically, um, you uh, 
yeah, just that's that's the channel to go if you want just specific segments for sure. So JD, the JD's channel, the I ninety Sports Talk, it's basically the snipped up, edited version of the show. So yes, if you are looking for a specific topic, every segment in the show gets gets snipped up, clipped up, and edited to its own uh, to its own video. So. That's the channel. If you guys want to go there and just listen, if you want to listen to one segment at a time, you can uh, you can uh, subscribe to that channel. The link will be in the uh, uh, the link will be in the live chat. Uh, I think JD just dropped it. That's called I ninety Sports it. Talk. Um, once again, guys, me and JD couldn't like we we say it all the time, man. We we can't do this without you guys, the fans of this channel. This thing has. This thing has gone from about 80 views up to about 250 now. And we've all, we're only 18, you know, we're only nine, we're only 19 episodes in. So that's, that's because of you guys, the fans and like, like me and JD, like we, we couldn't do it without you guys. It's you guys have, you guys are the ones that watch and listen. And, uh, it, it's definitely, definitely, uh, greatly appreciated. But I hope but, everybody. I hope yeah. everybody has a uh, a good weekend. Hopefully, the uh, Patriots and uh, Bears win their next game. Pats play tomorrow. Bears next weekend. Bears already got the W. I should say they won it. They beat the Lions. So hopefully, Pats Nation, we can get our W tomorrow. And uh, that's all we got for you. Once again, we love you guys. We appreciate you. God bless America. Go Pats. What do you got, JD? Bear down. Uh, one more question, though, really quick for you. Bear down. Uh, but I would say, are you you're gonna are you gonna play Call of Duty after this, my man? Absolutely. All right, brother. I'm going live on Cheerio Plays with Bobby and me. We'll play some Call of Duty, brother. But yeah, bear down. And here's to episode 20, man. Cheers. Let's go. Episode 20 coming up once again, guys. We love y'all. We thank you all for your continued support. This show wouldn't happen if it wasn't for all of you guys. We love y'all. We're out. Bear down and go Pats. God bless America. We're out of here. Let's go. Hell yeah. God bless you guys.